conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media, and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Row. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Roe, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roco slash Girls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash Girls. Sign up today. I just came back from the salon, and for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. (laughs) Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time (laughs) with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells unbelievable. Believable. Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. My hair is short and my temper is long. The only thing broke about me is my brain. Oh, you've got- 
guys straight from our television sets to the clavis. It's Andy's Girls. It's episode 304. First off, I'm so excited that this LA bi-coastal, bi-coastal Listen, it's, what, it's what everyone wants for their life and I'm living it out loud. <laughs> you really are in many ways and I'm so appreciative that you made the schlep to the Upper East Side to the clavis. We have a Dr. Tiffany Moon propofol candle lit. My favorite We're, flavor, propofol. Right? Isn't yeah. it so good? It really is good and it sounds like a joke like something would be like oh my favorite flavor propofol the one i need but literally of the varietals it's really good and she actually is i think really winning the candle race you know why because the packaging is genuinely really smart and it's funny it's It's like i I think that dr tiffany moon might have had like a writer's room for her candles (laughs) which i love and i it's a non-union room But there were snacks. They're paid in wicks. And it was a really positive because I can see Dr. Tiffany being like, I love that. Like about almost every idea, which is, you know, not true, but we stand. Energy. We stand Dr. Tiff in this cloth. But you guys, it's Andy's Girls. I'm so excited about a return guest. First time. IRL and mm-hmm. I'm I'm so thrilled. He has a, just a couple couple credits: comedian, actor, writer, <laughs> podcaster, and television host. His credits include the upcoming Showtime comedy "I Love That for You" on April 29th, the feature film "Fire Island" on June 3rd, and of course the iconic podcast "Las Culturistas" with his pal Bo and Yang. Welcome back, Matt Rogers. It's I'm really so good screechy. to I'm be so in the office, and I have to say, the thing is, uh, you know. Podcasts are not a visual medium, but right. if they were, you would see that the cl- the Clawfest is really, it's gorgeous. Thank you. Congratulations on creating a space. Thank you so much. It's like Manolo's everywhere, mm-hmm. and then Tool Moments and Vintage and Free Marquesa from yeah. a former roommate. And yeah. like, and we have some Bravo stuff. There is a piece that you know about that we talked about offline, but we haven't talked about on an right, that's right, getting right. hung this week. Yeah. Um, hopefully not the huge. only thing. That's really going to bring it together. It really is. I'm very, I'm like literally picking it up after we record. I'm flipping out and then that'll go on Instagram and Amazing. then I will literally die. Um, so stay tuned for that, everyone. So stay tuned for that on social. I like, <laughs> I cried when I got it. I oh, literally yeah. cried. It's amazing. I sent a video of me crying to Crystal. I was like, this is me crying. So wait, did, did, did the listeners know? They have what no it idea is? what it is. Okay, well, it's something, now you said it's something in the world of Crystal Kong <laughs> and, and it's really tuned. good. It's really good. Yeah. It honestly is like, it's so good that I sent it to my brother who does not care about literally anything. And he was like, this is really great. It, well, does he care about Disney? Yeah, he cares about memories. I said to Crystal, I said, he cares about memories. I said to Crystal, I said, you gave me back my childhood. She was like, this is not a big deal. I said, no, this is an extremely big deal. And you literally gave me a piece of my childhood back. Well, for her, it's not a big deal because she gets to be like in that one room in her house, which is like Disney devoted. 100%. But I don't know, like it it is pretty cool. And now we're like really saying too much without saying what it is. And (laughs) listeners are going to be like, what is it? I've also been teasing the fuck out of it for literal months. Okay, well, you're edging them. <laughs> you know, I do what I can, Matt Rogers. I do what I can. Listen, you are straight off the set of Watch What Happens. I need to know literally everything. You gave some takes about certain New York housewives that maybe had people having a little bit of a moment. How are you feeling? Are you riding the wave? What's going on? You know, I think it went really well. Yeah. And I was really excited to go on. And it's my favorite show. And I watch it, obviously, because when I, when Bravo was on most nights, I do watch it almost every night. And so I was like, I can't go on there and flop. Like, that would have been Ooh. the worst thing in the world. And so I definitely came in with the energy of, like, 
all right, like, this is a moment for me. Let's do it. And I actually have to say, in watching it back, I think I represented myself as the gay Michael Rappaport, which is what I wanted. <laughs> you wanted to be compared to Michael? I just R? wanted to. I just wanted, you wanted to. You wanted to have some takes. I just wanted to come in there and not be a shy little wilting flower. I yeah, want to go in there and say my housewives takes because I think we're in an era of housewives where we need to start giving some strong opinions because mm. I do think we need, we are in a s- area where or an era rather of change. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, you know, people might not be thrilled to hear me say that I'm tired of Bethany's reign of terror. <laughs> I'm tired of the tyranny. I'm tired of her being so or looming so large in the New York housewives conversation. I don't think we need her to come back and quote unquote, save the show. I don't think that's why the show needs saving is the lack of her presence. I think that, and uh, it's just sort of thirsty for her to keep saying how much she doesn't want to come back. And like for these leaks to come out and be like, well, you know, Bethany, like will she or won't she? It's like, we need to float away from this Bethany Thing with New York it's not the reason we love New York I don't believe so do you think so I don't th- I mean it's an interesting thing because she says she's above it she makes TikTok videos making fun of it but then her podcast which is incredibly popular is in many ways a reaction to her thoughts on all things pop culture which includes Bravo so like right. either you're too good for it or you want to continue the conversation but the too good for it makes me feel weird because you you do sort of need it we might not need her but I think she needs she maybe needs us well this is what I will say there is no um, trait less attractive than superiority oh, so um, that's one thing Oof. and the second thing is BCC Erica Jane yeah the second thing is it's just look she rose to fame as a housewife and she was extremely good at it mm-hmm. and she, I won't take away from her that she's an incredibly successful businesswoman but in terms of being on television outside of the housewives like you know I think that it's pretty clear that that's where she's you know best suited it's, mm-hmm. it's where her skill set really pops off Mm -hmm. and I think that's not a bad thing and I think I would even be okay with her coming back if she didn't create so much narrative about the coming back of it all but now that it's just gotten so you know loud the din is so loud Mm -hmm. about her not wanting to come back being better than it etc it's like all right and maybe sit down and watch some new Brene Brown because you would find out that (laughs) connection is actually completely destroyed by a need for control and Bethany needs control because if we're to believe the rumors which are that she wants to come back and get like a producer credit or be made a better offer than everyone else Mm -hmm. or you know in some way be put up on a pedestal because she is Bethany Frankel that's actually going to impede your ability to be successful on the show because you're not going to actually be able to authentically connect with the other women because mm-hmm. they're going to feel some type of way about it. You know, these are also not people that are new at this. If she were to come back to the legacy cast, she'd come back with women who are now on the show for her for much longer, who are also incredibly like influential and successful housewives in their own right. So they don't want Bethany to come in and they don't want to play with her if she's going to be treated better or expect better treatment than everyone else. You know, it's just, it's not cool. I mean, I don't think so, honey, is what you're saying a little bit. In a sense, I might just be saying I don't think so, honey. I mean, and the Bethany of it all, since they're doing this split on like a value currency scale, Mm -hmm. 
I would think she would be just even the world according to Bethany Frankel. I would think she would be less interested in returning because it does. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels a little bit like the legacy is a supplement to the main well, show. Well, I think it's going to go on Peacock. Right. Why would she do that? So I don't think Bethany is going to take a pay cut to go on Peacock. And I actually think that might be a thing with a lot of the women they, they asked back anyway. You know what I mean? Like, because that's another thing I'm, I'm hearing is that because maybe the ratings aren't exactly what they used to be. Yeah. That's why they're actually not so chapped in the ass about losing some of these older housewives who command these big paychecks mm -hmm. because they're expensive and it's not necessarily bringing in the type of revenue that supports that because we're not in the era of, you know, Atlanta getting 3 million viewers anymore. You mm -hmm. know, we're not in the era of, you know, Beverly Hills does well, but it's not where it was. Mm -hmm. And New York certainly struggles to say the least in terms of ratings. I think it has lower ratings than even Potomac at this point. Um, and Potomac is like has its loyal fan base and I right. believe has like a little bit over a million viewers per episode. But, you know, people think of Roni as one of the gems of this franchise and for it to not be getting like 700,000 viewers on an episode is like, you know, you can't be justifying paydays like that and like managing egos like that when that's the case. How do you think the decision to split will affect the legacy of the show itself? Do you think it's going to dilute you know in any what, way? Well, you know what I almost wish that they would do? I wish that they would keep Roni what it is mm. and just do Real Housewives of Brooklyn. It's like a really <gasps> different city. And, oh. it, and it, it speaks directly and answers directly for the diversity. Because I, I think that would also ca cause a conversation. Because these New York women are never going to Brooklyn. And Brooklyn people are very much in Brooklyn. Yes, they work in Manhattan. But I think people would forgive that. And I think then it would feel less like old Roni, new Roni. You know what I mean? Honestly, I've no one has said that. That's the smartest thing I've ever heard in my literal entire life. But here's my question to you. Do you rename the Real Housewives of New York? Because I hear Brooklyn, Brooklyn folk, the people, well, I hear them in my head saying we are technically a part of New York City. Well, even though we know they're not. Right. And New York City I, means Manhattan. Apologies. Yeah. So, yeah, New York City, the, the entire zone, it's like, of course, it swallows up Brooklyn in terms of like what people perceive. Right. But I think that the way you would sort of, you know, change that perception is by, you know, styling the show differently you know yeah. like in terms of the new roni i'm excited about it and a lot of people are like i'm not gonna watch that and i'm like but it's just a new housewives franchise it's like them saying you know there's gonna be a new housewives franchise and it's salt lake city 100%. are you just not gonna watch it because right you don't want i mean it's just a new franchise and it's gonna be i'm guessing five six different women we've never seen i i don't think that they'll spin it off with ebony or Leah. I don't I think this is their out to get rid of both Ebony and Leah. I it feels that way and even if it's not necessarily an out to get rid of them, right. I don't I think, think that's the result. I don't think it would benefit sure. a reboot to center it around people who everyone has already made their decisions about. What they need to do is they need to find five or six new people in a completely different atmosphere and zone and I think the way that you do that is by going I mean, it's like calling Housewives of Potomac Potomac. It's not really Potomac. It's largely like, you know, Baltimore, Maryland, some parts of Potomac, Virginia. They live all over. You kind of just like call these things what they are 
mm. to change the perception. I'm and I, the reason I think that is because I'm just worried about it feeling like Roni legacy, like dates it. You know what? I mean? It doesn't make it feel cool, and it doesn't. And not that it needs to be cool, but it can't hurt. That's, I mean, you're, as always. Joel Kim Booster thinks this too. We sort of thought about this together. That it's a little tired? That No, that like the Real Housewives of Brooklyn thing would be a good idea. Oh, Brooklyn would be an excellent idea. I think that's incredibly smart. My concern about legacy, it's like you're giving me everything that I want in the sense of like, please give Jillian her apple again. Like, she is just. I think that will happen. I think that will happen too, but also. What is this? And I'm going to watch every episode and I'm probably going to love it. But like also, what's the staying power here? Like after we have a season of these women who we essentially know and we sort of have an idea of what the cast is going to be. Because well, what else could it be? It's going to be like not Ebony, not Leah. Um, it's not going to be Carol. It's not going to be Bethany. It's right. And, and so basically. It's going to be everybody else. And then it has to be exciting people. And so and it's not going to be Heather. And Do you and, think it's going to be Ramona? I well, don't know. This is what this is my thing. We, we and I almost said this on Watch What Happens Live, but I pulled myself back because I just didn't want to get into it. Yeah. The last two seasons of Ramona, Ultimate Girls Trip, and the last season of Roni have been abject, mm-hmm. painful, uncomfortable, cringe mm. to the point where it's not like oh Ramona. To the point where it's like. This is hard to watch, and I'm deciding not to, and I'm not alone. And so that, I think, is something they have to make a decision about, you know, regarding whether Ramona has outstayed her welcome. I feel that she has, but it's like you said, if we're doing Roni Legacy and all these other people are scorched earth and you have the current cast being like, and you need Ramona, kind of talking about Lou here, what what else is there? Yeah, and the tough thing for Lou is they're doing this whole strategy thing on social of like, and, you know, this is my best friend who you guys have seen me film with for 13 seasons, so just think of us as a package deal. Like, the way that Ramona is supporting Luann, which we would never see her do otherwise with the upcoming tour and the way that Lou and some of the other cast members have talked about legacy. Like they're really trying to negotiate together, but they did that once before it didn't work out for them. I think that they genuinely think that they have more impact as a collective on the, on the decisions as a collective than they do. However, with this, it's they've kind of in saying that it's Roni legacy, you kind of know you're getting if on face value, you kind of know you're going to get Ramona, Lou, Sonia, I think Jill. Jill makes a, a lot of sense to me. And obviously, it's not going to be Alex McCord. She doesn't live in the country. Shout out Australia. I mean, and Aviva? And then now, no, there, now maybe there's... Maybe Kelly. Yeah, but but what was the problem with Kelly? She didn't fit in with that group. Right. So, and it just didn't work. And so you're going to bring Kelly Ben-Simone back, who is as crazy as she always was. I mean, we all read, I'm assuming, Not All Diamonds and Rosé, and there were some iconic pull quotes in there from her but what is that you know so, uh, imagine this because if we're thinking it has to be six or seven women let's jill lou sonia ramona we're forgetting dorinda oh my god forget it now we're actually I keep okay forgetting dorinda which is so inappropriate yeah dorinda is essential for this dorinda, dorinda has said she's essential for this and she's absolutely 100 percent correct and I think that she 
is somewhere in Bluestone Manor watching all this being like, I knew it. I'm happy. She is really. I literally watched a clip of her. She's back on Radio Andy. Just another step yeah, closer to the show. 100% with her own show. And she talked about how excited she was. She's like, it's not going to be a long time filming. It'll be like she was thinking it was going to be, I think, closer to Ultimate Girls Trip and being like maybe several weeks, which I don't personally see, but whatever. And she was like, I'm so into it. And also, I want to be a part of it. Essentially, Andy, if you're listening. And he is because she is actually doing a show on his <laughs> serious The timing is label. everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that that's, it's, 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 I really missed that in the like file cabinets in my brain, Same. the Dorinda of it so all. So sorry, apologies. But, but with Dorinda, Lou, and then you know who else? Didn't Tinsley move back to New York? So I don't know what the fuck is happening with Tinsley right now. I keep going to her social, interm- it's like the intermittent fasting of social media. Like she's sometimes there, but it's like once in a while. It's very Meredith Marks. Where does she live? Well, Meredith Marks seems to be, oh yeah, with where does she live? Yeah, yeah. But Meredith Marks is sort of everywhere well i think she, i think meredith marks like lives in new york <laughs> Does she? Like? and you know what's funny i actually said in, when salt lake was airing i was like this woman has having such a miserable time with these women put her on new york she obviously <sighs> lives in new york she would be really she would really fit in in new york not maybe with these women but like with new women with brooklyn well, she's certainly not Brooklyn. But if they did another, we're talking now a third yeah. Real Housewives well, Just so New we York. can find out how to keep Meredith Marks on the payroll. Right. <laughs> Which I'm 100% into. No, but it, it's 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 the thing of like, you know. Brooks goes to NYU. That is true. Works out. I think he's graduating now. I mean, well, it's like the Daytona It's so funny thing. because it's like, I feel like he, he had just gotten to NYU when Salt Lake started. And now he's like, I'm graduating. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Like. And I support Brooks Marks literally with my money. You have a Brooks Marks tracksuit. I modeled it on my Instagram a while back. Did they make you buy it? They didn't make me buy it. I happily bought it. I support the girls always. I buy Housewives products. This is a part of, I think, my fascination with it is I'm, especially because I really, really endeavored into Housewives during the pandemic. Because I had been into it. I would watch it pre-pandemic. But I only became like obsessive about it during the pandemic when there was all this time. And so something I also got into during the pandemic was retail therapy. I mean. Online retail therapy. Hello. Yes. We're in the cloth. We see. We see. And it real the thing about retail therapy is it works. (laughs) And it's really I stopped therapy. Oh, that's (laughs) wait, no, that's not my (laughs) fault. I still see my psychiatrist literally. She's just she's now my therapist. I'm starting. I can't do two I can't do two a week. I was doing two a week. Oh, that's now a I lot. have one a week. No, that's normal. Anxiety is great. Anxiety is great. It's, and you know what? Credit thing, is You terrible. know what the thing about anxiety is? Everyone has it, and it's wonderful. Th- but that was actually something I just stumbled on in therapy. I was like, I, I was talking with my therapist, and I said, you know, and I really like, I just want to get rid of my anxiety. Mm. And then we talked that through, and I was like, came to the realization, anxiety in all its forms is something that everyone has. So you can never get rid of it. What you can learn to do is manage it and recognize it. And so that's just something that was a tangent. That was a therapy tangent, but I had to share because I think that a lot of people would benefit from just knowing like you're not crazy or like a psycho for feeling, you know, anxious, even a lot. It just means that your management of it is off. 
Well, and it's also a processing. Like, it's like the thing that I work on. So I was essentially doing therapy twice a week. So now I'm doing it once a week. So I highly recommend to the AGs therapy is like the best thing you'll ever do. Um, But it's sort of the separation of like thoughts and feelings, too. It's like if you cycle, if you have any kind of like obsessive compulsive, just just even in the sense of how a person processes anxiety, talking and going to therapy and having someone there who can help you is there's yeah. nothing better there's truly nothing better it's an emotional workout you know it's it an is. emotional I get, exercise I'm so ex- i like get so tired after well yeah i mean and you know what's funny sometimes i will <laughs> i will maybe you do this too but i'll schedule therapy and then i'll see that i have something for work afterwards mm. or i have to get on a zoom or something and i get on these zoom for works <laughs> and it's like depending on how it's gone it's like my shoulders will be all the way dropped i'm like oh really listening you know <laughs> I'm not trying to perform for them like I maybe would have, yeah. which is also something I'm exploring. Mm. Um, but I'm waiting for the day when I have like a really emotional session and then have to do something. Because I am that type of New York mentality where it's like I try to schedule my things like pretty like. Yeah. I, 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 you know how it is. Yeah. It's like if you feel like there's not three or four things on right. your calendar You're that day, you didn't right. have a productive day. 100%. But now I'm sort of realizing like, oh, no, like this is going to be something where it needs its own space in my day. And that's okay. That's part of the work too. And that's also very productive. Mm -hmm. So can I sidebar and tell you something? I'm going to regret saying this out loud. It's okay. So I had, um, therapy with my psych scheduled for Wednesday. Then it got canceled very last minute because I had a medical procedure that was scheduled that no one told me about. And I was like trying to get out of it, whatever. So I go to therapy with my psych on Uh Saturday and I'm like, here's the deal with this thing that I'm dating, whatever. But I like made a decision by community thought that I'm going to end this thing with this guy. And my psychiatrist cuts me off and she's like, how about we do a fun experiment where instead of ending it, you just take out some of the frustration and feeling that you have and like do the seeing other people and not be so connected. And I cut her off and I was like, if we had had that appointment on Wednesday, I would have taken your advice, but I didn't see you. So I ended stuff yesterday. So then I'm like reading her the text messages that I sent. She said, oh, okay. Yeah. Like I was just thinking like, you know, as like a fun idea, we would do something else. And I thought, if I had seen you, I would not have ended things. Just around in the, the river, Ben. <laughs> it's that's it's the smoothest course. Cocoam. It's cocoa. You had a cocoa moment. <laughs> but also it's fine. It's fine. It's and it's fine. not the therapist's fault. No, it's the doctor who scheduled the procedure. It's, it's the his doctor's secretary's fault. Yeah. fault, obviously. Yeah, 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 yeah. Adding it to the list of things she's bad at. Yeah. Oh, My God. dating. Can't be, can't, I was so annoyed. And for the rest of the session, I was like, you've got to be. I kept being like, we got to circle back to that. You've got to be fucking kidding me. Oh, man. So upsetting. Well, listen. Stupid. How do you feel when you watch a therapist session on The Housewives? Because it really is sort of counterintuitive. Um, I think, or counterproductive, rather. I think that there are some sessions that work like Dr. Amador and Bethany. I think actually worked noted which was like more bethany spinoff stuff noting that it was quite obvious she was only there to film yeah well but right. i think it, he was the only one who held her accountable okay so you felt that it was productive for her period i thought it was productive for her but like slightly disingenuous in the sense that we know she's not seeing this person regularly right so and that's so tough that's and that to me means it's 
Well, that's real. classic Bethany in that it's like she's producing her own reality and fake 100%. and et cetera. But I, I guess I'm talking about like, you know, when it gets really sensitive, like, for example, like this season on Jersey, I've kind of fallen in love with Jackie. But mm-hmm. I do wonder, like, and she actually, I think that Jackie is actually pretty good at being extremely real on camera. And extremely vulnerable. Yeah, oh she's my God. extremely real and extremely vulnerable in a way that's really not easy. And I think it, I'm not surprised it took her a couple seasons. Um, but I really have liked her so much more this season. And not to say that, like, you need someone to expose their own trauma and vulnerability to like them more. But I think it has contextualized a lot of the things that have gone on with her mm. in the past couple of years to realize that though she said she was OK, she was not OK. This is an example of a therapy session I'm watching. And I'm like, I feel like I'm really watching one, mm-hmm. whereas I never, ever, ever am going to think that for Bethany. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just I, I, it's. I don't know. The authenticity, I think, if you decide as a housewife, I'm going to go to therapy on camera, know that we're going to see through whether or not that's a calculated decision or not, because Mm. you really can't lie in that atmosphere. You know what I mean? And how do you feel about the housewife if you think it is a calculated decision? I'm bummed out about it because I feel Mm. like therapy is supposed to be private and like, I I feel like, you know, I don't. Of course, when you're watching The Housewives and, the, and and they're like, here's my life, here's what I'm doing, and they're going to therapy and they want to sh- let you in on that, that's fine. But I also feel like therapy should also probably be a private thing between you and your therapist who, by the way, any therapist like really worth their salt like is not going to be like – they they won't even tell anyone about their clients, let alone televise their clients mm. or their practice. You know what I mean? Like – that's also odd to me. Like, if imagine going to your therapist and being like, I'd like to bring a camera crew in here. They probably would be like, why? But what's the difference between a therapist approving it and a doctor who's performing a medical procedure approving it? I, th- I just think it's different. I think that because it's an emotional workout and it's about your psyche. And I think that the decision to, I, I don't, just about decision making. And yet we're talking about how real and open and honest Jackie is being. And we right. can see it because there's a fucking TV crew. In so I think that if I if I'm to walk it through in my mind, she probably said to her therapist, you know, I'm on the Real Housewives of New Jersey and I want to finally be honest and transparent about what this is I'm going through because I think with Jackie's situation, if she's dishonest about it and if she is withholding about it, it's harmful to herself and also people that may be watching that see her, mm. you know, negotiate food the way she does and her, you know, lifestyle the way she does and claim that she's okay. Mm-hmm. It might, I think she knows that she has the potential to help people with this. Mm -hmm. And I think that probably was a decision that she and her therapist made together, and I trust it. You know what I mean? But Mm. that's its own situation, which is why I bring it up, because I do think that there are different contexts. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And I also think in her life, she got to the point where she knew that she needed something needed to change. And yet, the way that she was still negotiating with Evan... Mm -hmm. I will I'm not going to do this thing because I want to be with the kids yada yada and Evan is trying to be a little bit more holistic and realistic and hold her a little bit accountable while being respectful with like the okay you might want to be there three nights a week or whatever but I'm thinking about the next 50 years right I mean there's nothing realer than that I can't imagine attempting to criticize either of them in that moment 
and in what they're sharing because I think it's incredibly brave and incredibly fucking difficult. And you also have to imagine that because she's someone on the show who's often at odds with Teresa that they're not being super cool about this. You know, the tree huggers. Well, I'm so glad you said that because I actually do wonder it. There are different ways that people process and are interested and watch Housewives. And this is not a critique in any way, but there is a sense of like watching it through a lens that's somewhat superficial of like, I'm going to watch the top layer or I stand this person and no matter what happens to their enemy, I'm going to continue to shit on them online. And like people have every right to say and do whatever the fuck they want. And if that's the way that they're watching Housewives, that's the way that they're watching Housewives. It's one of the pleasures of having a pod where like the decision is made to talk about housewives through the lens of behavior and psychology, you know, like there's a space for everybody. And if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. But with the Jackie stuff, I really wonder what the experience would be like to be a tree hugger, Mm. ostensibly shitting on Jackie as a way to align with Teresa, your idol, your God. Mm -hmm. How are you processing this stuff? Like are people supporting her or are they just staying quiet? I don't know. I mean, you're not talking about people that I think think as critically about this as you just did. I think that there, you know, I I think, and you know what's funny about Teresa? Like in this last episode, I was reminded why I love her so much when she was at home, moving out of the house, (laughs) dealing with the kids. No, 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 no. And then when she got with the rest of the cast, I immediately was like, oh, she can't be around these women anymore. And that's why on Watch What Happens Live, I said, mm-hmm. you need to spin off Teresa and Louie. And Andy went dead stone quiet. <laughs> I think I, I, I did not have any conversation with him about this. Okay, you, so you talked about him for with him for hours after. Yeah, right. While uh, dancing, uh, while dancing downtown at like, the <laughs> cubby hole or whatever. Yeah, for sure. We hung out for hours. <laughs> Um, no, but um, best friend, of yeah, <laughs> baby um, Ben's future nanny. He did ask me when I could come back, so I <gasps> it, it did it did go good. You were so honestly, you were like glowing, and like we just have to take a moment to say that you're get having Karen. That's a who prestige was so booking, kind a prestige. from the jump. And let me tell you something, really lit from within. You yeah. know what I mean, like beautiful gorgeous inside and out yeah such a great experience and when they told me that i was going to be on with karen huger i fell out of my chair i was like because okay so my two best friends are bowen yang and joel kim booster and they've both been on and they've both been on with iconic housewives bowen was on with monique samuels right after the fight right after i remember that right after the fight and joel was on with kenya moore so, oh my I, God, so yes. I was like, if I ever go on, I want to be on with an iconic yes. housewife and I want it to stack up because I just want the triumvirate to be completed. And when they said it was going to be Karen Huger, I was just like, I said to my publicist, I was like, there, you could not have told me better news today oh because I just knew that it would be fun and that I knew that I could defend anything she had ever done. And they did have me defend (laughs) Karen's behavior. Like I did a segment like defend her behavior. So fun. And then honestly, I could just, I could just go on and on and on about how much I love her. I genuinely think Giselle and Robin are flops. And so I can just, I can just take her inside in every goddamn thing. Okay. What's the difference between, between being a flop and not needing to be on TV? 
So I think that Giselle is an amazing housewife. There we go. Okay, like, just needed to clarify. Oh that. no, no, no. Just needed to clarify that no, for the room. And so I was, I'm hard on. So I was hard on two people last night. I watched what happens live. I was hard on Bethany because I'm over her tyranny, mm-hmm. and I'm hard on Giselle because I was with Karen, and it's fun. <laughs> so, the, but Andy asked me, what's a jester flop? And oh at people, the readers of my podcast, Las Culturistas, with Bo and Yang, um, will know that I, we often refer to people as a jester flop. And right. this is a person who goes out in public and runs their mouth and they flop and everyone's just like, come on. So I said, sort of like whenever Giselle says anything. <laughs> and I watched it back and I was like, was I a little mean to Giselle? And I was like, no, I was with Karen. I, I, there's no part of me that feels the way I feel about Teresa or Bethany about Giselle. I think Giselle Good is a gift yes. on Potomac Absolutely. because we can have these conversations about her and she can do these things that are obviously calculated and obviously like, you know, you know, yeah, they're Giselle. They're, mm-hmm. they're so, they're so typical Giselle mm-hmm. and, you know, Robin is so her lackey and that's their role on the show. But I don't want her off of it. Right. At all. No, I you're mean, smart. You're I mean, smart. Yeah, it's a song of ice and fire. Mm. You know? <laughs> it's a song of ice and fire. It is. Potomac is Game of Thrones. Wow. And who do you think is ultimately... Well, I think we know the answer. I mean, I'm... I'm on the Grand Dame's, like, side forever. I mean, that's just how I feel. But it is interesting to watch them negotiate it. And I do think that Endgame is for them to become friends. I will say, from what it seemed like dealing with Karen, it did not feel like that's going in a positive direction. And yet, online, the conversation is really geared around Karen and your other best friend, Candace. Candace. So... Okay. Before everyone comes for me, yes, I do stand Candace. You do. Yes, I do. I stream and drive yet back a lot. I still love you. Which I know. Is I, I, I do love Candace. I think she's funny. Yeah. So my thing with housewives is if I'm laughing, I'm really okay. She's a great housewife. And we have to give it to her. She is a great housewife and she actively engages with her own life and the other women and her relationship. And vulnerability stakes the shit show that is her mom. And iconic signature behavior. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We have the dabbing of the eye. We have the wordsmith ways. Mm. We have I, many iconic moments. I mean, sometimes I think some of the more iconic things she says are people are things that people don't even talk about. Yeah. Such as, she came into my home. She was trespassing. <laughs> Referring to right, trespassing. Yes. Um, you know, one of my favorite things, I, I invited her in. I gave her a beverage. She is, she, she is an artiste with the words. She is an artiste in many ways. And so I think, again, like all this, like talk about Candace leaving the show or getting fired. I'm like, that would be a colossal mistake. The thing is, it's not about firing Candace. It's Candace, excuse me. It's Candace acknowledging that body and fat shaming is not okay. And her online behavior is crazy, is, is insane. And this is where the standum drives me up a fucking wall. People on social saying that it's acceptable. Yeah, no, I don't think fat, it's acceptable. Well, that is the difference between you and I'm sorry, the vast majority of Candace stands that I've experienced where they say this is perfectly fine and you need to go to hell. And that to me is psychotic. And Candace is on Candace cannot take 
informed criticism while saying that words are everything to her. And when we say words have value and also when you don't use them well, she recoils. She is abusive to people online in a way that is different Mm -hmm. from normal housewifery. And when Giselle says it on the reunion and Karen says it on the reunion and we pretend that she's getting better at it or something, that's a problem. But I don't think she should be fired. I think she's a great housewife. And I think she does herself an enormous disservice by going to such ugly, dark spaces that are so misinformed for someone who's so obviously smart. I agree with everything that you've said. I will offer that every action gets an equal and opposite reaction. And I think that she deals with colorism on that show in a way that gets under her skin and I think drives her nuts. And I think that when she lashes out at the other cast members who benefit from that privilege of being more light skinned, and I'm not going to delve into this because it's very complicated and I shouldn't be, but I, I understand where it comes from when she feels like she's being sort of, treated in a way that's not equal to the other cast members which i think she has a point about well i also think the ways that people come after her people send these women death threats it's i think crazy. we don't talk enough of, like and i they, see her and reaction the, but i don't necessarily see what people are saying to her to get to that point and the the viewers some of the viewers also like talk about the black housewives in a wh- much more debasing way than they'll ever talk about like some of the White Housewives. And I just, there's little micro things that it's, I just, it's a thing. Well, I mean, you reference on Watch What Happens the fact that the New Jersey moment was an altercation, which I did think was a little bit of a wink and a nod to Mm -hmm. the ways that Bravo um, doesn't condone things on Potomac, but certainly embraces and celebrates on NJ. Right. And so I think, and also, you know, it's like NJ, like those women physically come for each other every season and and it's and we've also seen it get we've seen it get i'm going to say equally as violent the hair pull to me was psychotic the ponytail pull yeah she i mean lol but she could have broken her neck I, literally had, as the sister of a quadriplegic i absolutely thought to myself she could have broken literally no joke thought she could have been no gravely in i'm not joking Daniel gravely Staub, injured. you don't fuck with necks no daniel stop especially like you make fun of a person's neck just kidding especially <laughs> you know, especially like, like like a woman who's like you know 50 years old you know what i mean like she like, went after her to her that was not a joke that was a that was like an ass- I'm sorry, I thought that was an assault. It absolutely was. And I think that if if even if it wasn't like as brutal, yeah. it was still like intent to harm. Yeah. And it wasn't really talked about. I mean, I, I think it sort of moved on pretty directly to and Teresa was involved and egged it on. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, sure, that's awful. And Teresa is wild for that. Mm-hmm. And really like deserves to answer for that Mm. but also like where is like the condemnation of it you know like in terms of like and then you put it up against what happened on potomac and like it was it was as if you know monique actually had killed candace i mean bravo so 
deeply did not condone Danielle's behavior, that they invited her on Watch What Happens Live to announce her retirement from a job she hasn't held in several years. Right. That is insane. Mm-hmm. You get you rewarded her for this. Yeah, you gave her the platform. Although, and who knows what the conversation was behind the scenes. Maybe they did. Maybe that did happen and they were like, you're fired. We'll right. allow you to call it a yeah, retirement. Yeah, that's possible. That's possible. But like... But Even it didn't that. feel like that to us. But and you know the thing is too, we we do, we are forgetting that Monique was offered to come back. She was offered to but come back. But she deserved to get that offer. Yeah. The whole thing with Candace, it's like there are so many reasons behind why she has the right to be triggered. She ruins it for herself and in many ways like the active sport of talking about housewives because she makes aspects of this not fun. And she has no interest because I think she thinks when people are coming at her, it's excusing the manner in which you know, they weaponize their words. So why mm-hmm. should she have to apologize? But at a certain point, you're the person on TV. You are the person who's the name behind the show. It would do everyone such a benefit and a service to simply acknowledge that the ways she is trying to harm people is not, it's just different. It's just different and it's not okay. And I've had a, that experience with Candace, which was as someone who very publicly has talked about disordered eating, the things that she said to me were, unbelievable what did she say to you? i don't want to get into the specifics but let's just say that speaking of therapy and psychiatry at that point i was twice a week my therapist and psychiatrist both know candace so well at this point and neither of them have seen potomac it was really bad it was really triggering oh i'm so sorry i did not know thank that. you and i had to block i had to block her immediately block her contact info block chris just in case like and oh that's so awful it's really bad and it's one of those things where it made it really tough to watch the season because i empathize with her in so many ways and i don't think she's a bad person i just think it's a base level thing to acknowledge that this isn't good but also some people don't know i think candace does but i think large aspects of the bravo community and bravo viewership content don't understand how damaging it's a literal it is literally dangerous Mm -hmm. to talk and make fun of bodies in the ways that she was doing not because of the person that she was attacking but because of people like me who are watching it and are watching other people think it's uh, acceptable to go after a person's body you have no idea what the other people not involved are experiencing in the ways that they might be triggered and what she said to me was unacceptable and inappropriate and yet as a content creator, I'm like, well, I need to give grace because mm-hmm. it's just a part of like my process. And also because I want to talk about this fucking show and I want to feel empathy for her. Right. So I have to actively work at it. Right. But it it sucks because we're talking about Jackie's vulnerability. We, we've talked about Crystal's vulnerability and her experiences. And judging by the trailer, we'll see more of that this coming season. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder at a certain point if people connect the dots between like you have these two women who are being so brave and so courageous and talking about their experiences and their challenges dealing with disordered eating. I wonder if someone, and because I've talked with Crystal about body dysmorphia and everything else, I wonder if in some space and time people are connecting the dots that, wow, these women women have had life altering experiences and challenges and difficulties with disordered eating and the ways that they view their bodies is different. Their internal perspective is different from how we view them. I wonder if people connect the dots between like, okay, disordered eating, possible body dysmorphia, talking about how you see your body, how other people talk about your body, how you talk about other people's bodies. Wow. Maybe I should stop doing that when I'm online. That would be the greatest gift. I just don't know if, the thread 
is interested, you know? Yeah. That's really, I mean, that's very eye-opening. And I think that, like, people, and I also often think that when when it comes to being discussed on reunions yeah or uh, there's only so much time to get of into course. it and it requires so much more of an examination right that it's sort of um you know it's like that thing of like when you when you see an interview like on the today show or something and yeah. it's five or six minutes and mm-hmm. it feels like it went by like that and you're like well that's a suggestion of a thought of something i could i could i could i could get into but like i there was no time for right. it it's like what drives me crazy about the view is that like they'll tackle a difficult subject and only have five minutes and you can feel whoopy stressed out about them leave get, getting right. on the commercial on time and i'm like then why are we talking about this difficult thing if we can't give it its due right and so that's i think what's difficult about these types of things mm-hmm. on housewives which is why i almost I, i've been enjoying it on jersey because it feels like it's really being given space 100 percent. and in the same episode we see Teresa oh, say I, that about margaret's I body no she said that her whatever something she looked jiggly. jiggly in the spanx and she looked jiggly in her baseball outfit Uniform. She would have looked better if she had been wearing Teresa's brand. Right. She, her ass wouldn't been jiggling like that. She, and look at her, look at her. And being mean and body shaming. Right. And this is just another element of the Teresa stuff and the Margaret and Teresa of it all, which we haven't really even, you know, talked about. But yeah. that's just, it's just, yeah. It's Again, it's an issue on most of the franchises. Well, and I feel like it's also one of those things where you don't know until you know, and it's so hard for someone who experiences it because you think like everyone knows this and it's people they just don't, don't know. They don't think about they it. They don't think about it and they don't know. And if this can be an eye opener, it's like unfair of me to set the standard of like how do people not understand it? Because I think about it every moment of the day. And it's like, but people just don't have access to that information. And when you talk about addiction and mental health and all of this other stuff, ED stuff just gets right. It's still under the rug. So like, it's so interesting too, because like the way they frame it too in the episode, it's like Teresa says this thing and there's a cut to Margaret in the shorts. And then it's like the audience is being given the opportunity to decide whether or not they think Teresa is right. And then it's so like, whose side are you on driven that it's like it, 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 it eliminates a um, realization that this is no abject, wrong right and i don't know it's another reason why i can't stand Teresa on the show anymore is because i don't want to see her interact with other women like it drives me crazy do you think she's bringing melissa down with her no okay because i think that melissa has now made friendships in the group right and conflicts in the group that are her own and also joe gorga is so important in the show Mm -hmm. that i and i and i think that people are melissa are Molested, invested in <laughs> Melissa together. People are molested. Wow, a new Pe- Melissa. Period. I think I think people are molested. <laughs> okay, I know that it. she often gets in trouble for it feeling like she has um, storyline, yeah, like she constructs storylines uh, just oh, for storylines. Oh, well, the book sake. and the baby and the yeah. The, the getting the pregnant sister. again was the only time I, th- well, and the missing sister. There were that times when I, there were times when I independently out outside of knowing this is something that people said about her that I was like, is this real? Mm-hmm. And then when I found out people said that, I was like, oh. But then I think maybe she's just not as good at making it feel natural. 
as some of the other people are. Well, I also feel like we need to separate out the idea of having a storyline because a person's storyline at, at some points can be reacting to the world around them. And like maybe we use the word stakes. Like, are there stakes for this person? Because it's we are going to get more and more manufactured things if we insist that a person needs to have a new career yeah. that's somehow not including the fact that they're being filmed for a reality show that we watch for hours and hours a week. Like, isn't that enough at a certain point if there's still a chemistry and a vibe and stakes within the cast? I kind of want to just wa- I kind of want them to just live their life. You know what I mean? Just live your life and trust that it's enough. Because actually it is enough. Like when your husband is Joe Gorga, it's, it's enough. enough. We can watch it. And I don't think I needed her to be like, I think the problem with Melissa's storyline sometimes is that they don't go where, like for example, the Chekhov's gun never goes off. Oh, You know what I mean? Like her saying, my, I'm going to freeze my eggs. I want another baby. And then that gets dropped mm. and you and then she moves on. It's and it's almost as if she never wanted that. Mm-hmm. Her saying, you know, I'm gonna find out my long lost sibling, and then that completely stopping, it's like you it's like a rule of theater. Mm-hmm. You don't do it. Mm-hmm. Like it's things have to pay off. Mm-hmm. And it feels like the things that pay off with her are not things she sets up for herself. Can I sidebar about something tangentially related, maybe kind of, sort of, probably not? Go off. With the, <laughs> with the rules of theater, I always, think of like, <laughs> I always think of the rule of improv, the yes and. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking right now about Marge and Teresa. And Marge's maybe thought that Teresa would at some point yes and, which she has so obviously decided she will not do. Do you think that Marge didn't... Do you think that Marge regrets in any way bringing up the Louis Teresa stuff, thinking that Teresa would respond to it as anybody else in the cast would? I think Teresa, it's so crazy because she is so predictable, mm. but also there is a chaos. She's like chaotically predictable, if okay. that makes sense. It does. It's just sort of like. You know that she is going to be stubborn, but you don't know when she's going to be going off. You know, I would say volatile. Yeah. It's like sometimes she is like, well, you know, people don't like Louis. That's whatever. They don't have to come over. Mm -hmm. And other times it's if you don't like Louis, I'm going to call you a C word mm-hmm. and and how dare you you came for me and I'm actually going to leverage this like accusation at you about this and here comes something flying at you it's like she has and has had an anger management problem and it's actually sort of fascinating to me that she would act that way as someone who's been in federal prison um, because it shows a lack of growth and evolution that is kind of staggering. Like, and even in her, like, it just, she she really can't control herself. Why do you think that 11 months would dissuade her from a lifetime of learned behavior? I think that being in prison every single day is, is you know, I think it changes people. It can, and I think in and some ways- she was ways, away from her children. Right, but I, I don't know that she connects that to like how to stop guttural impulses. You know what this all reminds me of? It might make them stronger. You know what this all reminds me of? Tell me like, everything. Like on the last season of Dallas when Dr. Tiffany Moon and Cameron Westcott were kind of at odds. Yeah. And it became very clear that we could not actually ever see an informed, intelligent discussion between them. We could not see conflict and revolution and, 
and resolution because we were not dealing with two people on the same intellectual plane. Okay. We have Dr. Tiffany Moon who's making a reasoned argument for why she feels the comments on, you know, on the show and on social media were racist. And then you have Cameron being like, well, you called me a clown and clown's faces are white and that was racist. So you have someone who is not intellectually capable of engaging in a certain conversation that stops the conflict from happening and stops the show from being fun. I think that's what's happening with Teresa and almost everyone on the show. Teresa not understanding analogies. Teresa not not um, being able to um, control her behavior. Teresa, um, you know, screaming at Margaret for for you know the, talking to bloggers when she has no evidence mm. of it. It's just I don't think that Teresa is. I, I think she's capable of learning things, but I don't think she's necessarily. And this is gonna sound mean. I do. I do have love for Teresa, and I, I I have compassion for her. And I think she's strongest when she is being that family first person. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I don't want to be that person saying Teresa's not smart. I just don't think that she's an intellectual, and I don't think that she's super compassionate when she has to step out of her own worldview. And I think it's stopping the show from moving forward. And that's why now that it's gotten violent a couple times and mm-hmm. you know, when people show you who they are, like believe, believe them in the first time, like yeah. I just think it would be better for her and for the viewers for Teresa to have to maybe a friend of role or have her own show and let us just watch this group of women because I was really enjoying the Nashville trip mm-hmm. until I wasn't. And I think so were they. And I just think it didn't need to go there to be an enjoyable episode of Housewives. I think it made it uncomfortable because it got to the point where I was watching her scream the word C and throw things and talk about how I'm not filming with her, etc. And like essentially giving ultimatums to production without saying it outright. And it's just not fun to watch. It's like when someone storms off the reunion. Like, and it's oh, the way Andy God. feels about that. It's like, okay, well, what you've done here is you've stopped us. And we have to continue to watch things. And then her leaving events, her leaving, you know, that excursion that Tracy put together with the ropes and the trees, you know, like she's constantly stopping the show from happening. When she stormed out of the vacation in the beginning, when they were at the shore, you know what I mean? She's constantly disengaging, as it were, from the show. So... Period. Is there a way for her to move forward and stay? Because you know they're not going to fucking get rid of her. It's not going to happen, regardless of how it would change the show. And I actually think that I don't there's... think that's true. I think that I, I, we can do Atlanta without Nini. I, I don't. I know that we can, but I don't think that they will. Okay. Agree to disagree. You the vibe. The vibe right I... now versus three years from now. I don't see it. I don't see it right now. I don't think we need Teresa. I, I don't I think disagree that we, with that, but I don't think that the network would allow it. Is it a, and and is it, do you think it's because her fans are so different from the other fans? I think that New Jersey has been, for better or worse, and maybe it's worked until it hasn't anymore, has operated around her. When she went away, the show went on pause. Like the, I also disagreed with that. Well, I mean, that cast was so bad that like... Right. The cast at the time was bad. We're, yeah. and we're, we're dealing with... The, they needed to compl- reboot before she... This is a back. completely yeah. different cast. 100%. I mean, I could watch Margaret, Dolores, Jackie, 
Ter- uh, Melissa. Ter- Melissa. Um, Somebody Jennifer. Else. Right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Who's missing? I-, yeah. I don't think Tracy is an ad. Well, she's not real. She's there, but she's yeah, not real. She, I don't think she's an ad, and I yeah. don't necessarily need it. I, it feels like, can I say something? It feels Everything. like a way to justify having Tiki Barber there. Of course it is. Yeah. You're saying it in a way where that's like surprising. Well, it's, I don't know. I just, I, I just <laughs> feel like, and, I, and I'm like, when he mixed it up at the, at the dinner with the guys, I'm like, see, this is more interesting to me than watching anything Tracy's done because here's Tiki Barber. <laughs> Who was one of the most famous football players for a while. Yeah. Like, who I even knew who he was when I was, like, a little gay boy. I mean. Like, he was, like, huge on the Giants. And so, him being like, well, what did you think about this? And, she said, da, 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 da. and I was just like, wow, he's really mixing it up he's in a way that. And then he became conflict between Tracy and Teresa. And yeah. I was like, you know, he kind of was giving house husband. Yeah. In a way where I was like, oh, maybe that's why she's there. And I don't know how they'll, it's going to be sad if they Nothing against her. I just don't think she's an engaging housewife. I don't think she's a great full-timer. It won't happen. But I think that they should keep her part-time if she's interested or whatever. I don't know if she's at the reunion, I guess. I'm sure she'll cameo at the reunion. Do you think she will? Yeah. Yeah. I I think if like Escala was on the Potomac reunion, Tracy will be on the, I mean, Escala was on the Potomac reunion sort of being tangentially in certain conflicts and Tracy is in conflicts. I don't see it, but I would love it. I well, would love I mean, she wrong. and Teresa have had camera time together, like in conflict. I don't know that it rises to the point of her cameoing at the reunion, but I would love in to be wrong. In a three-part reunion? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I think she'll be there. I would, she might only be on for one episode. I would genuinely be surprised if she was there, but I would also love to be wrong. Really? Yeah. Because I feel like friend of's almost always are there. She's like this weird, because it's, in my head, I know this sounds, this like literally makes no sense, but it's hard for me to even think of her as a friend of. Maybe that's, She's been in almost every episode. I know. There's something that's just like where I'm like, were you there or were you? The answer is yes. <laughs> she was there. <laughs> All right. So I don't know. But back to tree. Yeah. Planting seeds. I don't know. I don't know that I see it. I don't know that I see it. I, I, I don't know that I see them making that choice, regardless I, of what it could look they like. Can, they, well, what they have to do is decide, do they want Real Housewives? Do they want what's better for the franchise, or do they want what's better for her? I don't think it's... I don't think they... I think we're at a point now where they have to make that decision. And she's a very pricey investment, obviously. That's another reason. But don't you think... This is going to make absolutely no sense, but don't you think that Teresa possibly understanding that her I don't even see it but just playing this out her role on the show might be in jeopardy if she's not willing to actively film with these women don't you think she would adjust a little bit don't no. you think that that would be the only way for her to forgive Marge regardless of whether or not you, th- you think forgiveness no, is warranted I, I think that she I think that she agrees with you that they would never do that I think I, I she don't thi- see them doing it I think she thinks she can get Margaret fired and she can't that is she's so she so cannot. No. Because Margaret actually, I mean, this is when you know it's bad. When Dolores is actually saying the words, mm-hmm. she shouldn't have done that on camera to the other women. That's when you know. Because Dolores is such, and I love Dolores. Dolores is such a warm spot for me. She reminds mm-hmm. me of like all my mom's friends growing mm-hmm. up. Like She really is authentically that mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. And... First of all, it's a red flag whenever a friend demands loyalty. And the fact that Teresa does that and Dolores gives it says so much. And then when she turns around and is like, I really can't condone that. 
and Frank being like, we're the hosts, we have to sit here, and her being like, yeah. Like, I feel like in any other given situation, Dolores would have left with Teresa. Well, I mean, the gray area here here is that Dolores actually actively said she was leaving with Teresa. Right. And then... So, like, how much do you have to do And then Frank it? being like, we are technically the hosts, we have to stay. <laughs> oh, right, cool. And But but Margaret was getting so upset about that. She was like, if, if you leave with Teresa, Dolores, that says a lot about you. And you could see it was a real internal conflict with Dolores, who was big on loyalty, but also knew that was capital W wrong. And I think is looking at Teresa different lately. Do you think the reason she wanted to go with Teresa was for the purposes of filming? Was like a production related thing as far as like an alliance goes? No, or do you I think, think she Dolores... actively thought I needed to go with her because my friend is really upset and I need to help calm her down. D- Dolores knows her game and it's loyalty to Teresa. I mean, Dolores from the very beginning, that has been her thing with Siggy. You know what I mean? Like mm. it didn't matter how monstrous Siggy was and she was. It didn't matter how chaotic and unreasonable and messy and, you know, just unintelligible Siggy became. Mm. Dolores was at Siggy's side. Mm. That's who she is. She is that ride or die. And that's being a Jersey girl. You know, that's one of the reasons why I recognize her so much and identify <laughs> her with her so much. Is I'm like, you know, because also Dolores is codependent. That's, I mean, that's what Dolores' oh, relationship so with Frank. and so true. And David. Right. And That's so, so it, 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 it does. That's so tough it, and so true. And, you know, she's connected to the people that she loves and, and doesn't let them go. And she does love Teresa. And so that's why I think this is hard. That's why I think this is hard. Because Margaret is a newer friend, even if it's a closer friend. And they do speak all the time. And when Margaret said, I talked to you on the phone five all the day, day. Five times a day. And, and Dolores is like, I know, I know, I know. It's really hard. Because she's actually being put in an actual moral predicament. Between two people that she cares about, which I'm sure for someone like Dolores is her nightmare. And you know what? On the um, after show, Jackie was like, and when she said it, I was like, "Ooh, I believe it. Marge was so upset. Yeah. So upset that that happened. And Jackie, I think it was, I mean, I think it was Jackie. I'm crediting her, crediting her regardless, but was like, regardless of cameras being there, she was so because it came in way that's what I talked about when I had Melissa on the last step it came in waves it was the push and then it was wait I didn't properly harm you enough so mm-hmm. let me do a second wave dousing this person with red I mean that's tough it it was not it's not the person you leave with period and Dolores knew that and still because she's Dolores was considering it and I think that was really rough and honestly I wonder if that even the consideration of leaving with Teresa is enough for Margaret to be like I, I I'm looking at this friendship differently it's really hard I think Marge maybe let it go because Dolores made the decision to stay but Teresa is really fucking pissed and Jen Aiden is not going to let this go she's going to use it as the example of like this is why you can't trust Dolores this is why Dolores is a bad friend and that's going to be a that is going to be part two of the that is going to be an hour long yeah no Dolores is um Dolores is going to have a tough reunion I think well, I mean, uh, that she referenced it on some something somewhere. That where she's, she's not like, speaking to someone. And it has to be Teresa. I think it's Jennifer. 
Oh, but that's not as surprising. I, the way she said it, I was like, "Ooh, there's a sadness here that makes me think the stakes are what high." What I what I felt was that how long she, was she, how was she talking to Jennifer before? Why would that matter? Well, to Jennifer her? and her had that whole episode where where then Dolores found out about her mom being in the hospital right. and like they were connected. I so I think that at that time might have been when she shot that interview okay. when that episode was airing. So I, I just I don't know. I I don't I, know. I think she'll manage to negotiate it, but also hearing how upsetting, quote unquote the reunion is who really knows who really knows i mean and Teresa had a fucking appendectomy or whatever the hell and was told not to yell and was apparently yelling her little tushy off the f- see and and can i say something please the fact that they didn't postpone the reunion says something could they have it yes. was the- okay so she had the procedure i don't even know if it's they, called could the they have post could a they week, have postponed the reunion for someone they're paying two million dollars an episode they're not paying her two million dollars an episode there's literally no way in hell that's that's no you mean a season you mean a season you don't mean it oh no 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 not never <laughs> that's what i mean a season a season a season, a season. the way that you're looking at me you're like this is literally yeah, she's not making Game of she's making 24 million dollars a year she's like keenan thompson oh my god it would be like 36 <laughs> <laughs> he no he doesn't that's what he, he's making serious money is he he's on snl for 20 years and he has and he has a show keenan he's making coins okay well let's not- okay let's say this <laughs> Mariska Hargitay, okay? Oh, makes bajillions. But also bajillions. think about it. Like, Keenan has been on SNL for Nerd 20 Cray. years. Yeah, that's... I mean, do you get a bump every year? You must. Yes. Okay, great. Inside knowledge. I can't say anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, just just say he's a very rich man. But how how much of a... And so is she, Teresa. I don't know that they would have delayed... I don't know. I, I mean... I'm just saying. I'm just saying <laughs> concessions that you think they would never make for her. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Because in every single franchise, we've lost the number one. Bethany. Lisa. Nene. Yeah. Vanderpump. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's true. She was the number one. You know what I mean? Like, There's no questioning whether or not you like her, obviously. I think Kyle was always the protagonist. Mm-hmm. But Lisa Vanderpump was always... Well, she was the star of Beverly Hills, mm-hmm. and we've really thrived without her. And it's because when her behavior became something that stopped the show being good, mm-hmm. because her machinating behind the scenes was just got to the point where it was just like, period, we're done. Okay. She's at the door right now to fuck you up. Uh, listen. <laughs> Bring it on. I actually would. She'd whoop my fucking ass. Okay. Into it. Um. But like I'm just saying, like we we can do the show without her. Um, can we sidebar mm-hmm. Beverly Hills? <sighs> and you had Garcelle on last, and and an impeccable episode of Thank Last Culture. Thank you for Stress. listening. Oh my god, she was really great. She's very, and I got to meet her. I watch what happens because she and um Debro came in right after <gasps> us. So I met her. I gave her a oh hug. I said she looked beautiful. She was really popping off on Watch What Happens Live too. She pop Garcelle pops off on Watch What Happens Live. And in, I think, the entirety of her tour for her book, yeah. it was big Garcelle content. Yeah. I mean, like, she was giving everyone a moment. She gave us some nuggets, too. She said, like, um, she said, uh, she told a story about when she was dating Will Smith. Yes. And how she called him and, like, he was in, he the, was car. in the car and his daughter, I guess, mm-hmm. said, or his son said, um, is that Miss Jada? <laughs> And that's when she knew that it was over. <laughs> they were casually dating. And she was like, yeah. let me keep yeah. it moving. This yeah. isn't going to work out. But she has so many good tidbits. 
and she's got so much to say and she's you know she's like messy and saucy on her feet like when andy was like what's your love life giving and she was like dry like you i was <laughs> like he, he almost recoiled and he was, he was like, like i can't believe you just said that he was like i can't believe you just said that she brought me down with her <laughs> And then she just cackled. I, I mean, I so love it. Fun. Love to see it. But what are, what are you thinking about that? I'm I've really been anticipating this new season. I think it's gonna give. I think it's gonna be great. I think the moment in the trailer. I just rewatched it before we recorded for the nineteenth time. The moment when Erica says to Crystal, essentially, "I don't care about anyone but me." When we're talking about the victim, Tom's victims. I, it's like one of those moments where you can't believe that person said it out loud, but you know they've thought that the entire time. I mean, this super villain origin story we're getting with Erica Jane starting from her beginning on the show is something that Marvel wishes. Marvel could never. Like, I'm really literally waiting for Erica Jane's eyes to just go completely all white and her just, like, commit to, like... And then we see on Breaking News that she's taken over the city. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, it's getting to the point where it's just, it's building so much that maybe she felt this was her only avenue, but the things she's doing are abject monstrous. Saying on camera, I don't care about anyone but myself when we've well documented that there are burn victims and things like that, like who have been unpaid. Like it's, it's, it's a commitment to villainy that is, I don't think we've seen anything like it on Housewives where a cast member that we have supposed to been loving mm-hmm. has now been like, to, looked at the audience dead in the eyes and said, fuck you. And yet people are going to support her and she's going to have her allies. I can't wait to see people swim upstream in that way. I can't wait to I see can't Lisa wait Rinna. to see Michael Rappaport get on Watch <laughs> What Happens Live and, and justify that. And your executive um, vice, whatever. Oh, my executive, my, our producer, Megan McCain. Yeah. Yeah. Although, you know, she's been real silent on Erica Jane ever since this has started from the beginning. She's probably she's, saving she's, her energy. She's actually weak. Um, but. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know how it's going to go. I think it's going to go very badly for Erica. Yeah. I don't know that it, w- I don't know that it, w- it's the fact that she, She's maybe one of the most manipulative people we've seen on Housewives in a minute. And yet they're so scared of her. Why doesn't they let Rinna it go know, on? Why doesn't Rinna know that her next move is to turn on Erica? That's so clearly Rinna's next move. She go. I mean, it's like I don't want to. I think she thinks of the most obvious thing, which is to go after the person you went after before. That image of Kathy being locked out of that store. <laughs> but also now I'm hearing that like she may have, Kathy Hilton may have really said some fucked up shit. Well, Rena definitely wants us to believe that that's, she did. That's that's for and sure. I, so that makes me suspect. I I I don't. And if the fucked up she she said is about also Kyle, maybe I don't. And Lisa Rena there is there and like thinking this is well, the best moment of her entire life. I'm specifically referencing what she may the, or may not have Sutton's said about Sutton's gay assistant. assistant. <laughs> But I don't think that Which happens. to me, by the way, I have to say, as a, sorry, I can say this, fag myself, 
it is so funny to think of. And, you know, Sutton often posts her gay assistant. She he does. is this, like, lovely looking, but sort of, like, you know, skinny little, twinky little, like, scruffy little <laughs> gay guy. It is funny to me to think of Kathy Hilton, a billionaire, watching him try to lug a suitcase onto a private plane and saying, fag. Like, it is funny to me. And I know it's harmful and she should be canceled and put in prison for it. But for me, a gay person... It tickles my my funny bone. It just does, I and really me and all my gay friends it. think it's so funny. Like, but this is what we get for being like Kathy Hilton can say fag. Like, <laughs> it's like in the gay community when people are like, she can say fag. It's like, no, she can't. Don't tell someone who doesn't know hunky dory that they can say fag. They're right. not gonna get the irony. Do we? I don't. I don't. I don't know that she said. We're it. gonna find out. We're gonna find out. It's going to be an and iconic. I can't scene. wait. Like, honestly, like, also, Diana Jenkins was giving. You that wanted moment. a villain? Here I am. I'm like, you seem like a snatch game in the best way. Also, according to what people are saying on the blogs or whatever, a.k.a. blind items on Crazy Days and Nights, mm-hmm. she's got some stuff. It's real dark. I mean, she was included in the cast of these women. <laughs> For a reason. Like, At this point in time. Hello? Like, I, you know what the thing is too like I think last year like the additions of it was Crystal was new and who else was new uh, Sutton, well Sutton was full time well Sutton was full time so yeah. Crystal was the only one we were introduced to right 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 and Crystal sort of started out strong but and but and then it was just like it wasn't super giving story by mm-hmm. the end yeah, yeah yeah so I think they were like maybe maybe they were like let's give someone let's get someone in here who like energy wise energetically mm-hmm. like and like we look at the bibliography like has shit because mm-hmm. i think with crystal it's like they cast someone who is like sort of like a lovely person who's like filthy fucking rich mm-hmm. and like fit in and let's be real i think that they also like were like we have to get, get cast some diversity we have this incredibly rich gorgeous you know asian woman who's like authentically beverly hills like let's give it a shot and she did really well she delivered but for them to add diana jenkins like who essentially looks like everyone else on that cast there's got to be something i mean but if we're gonna talk like Disney level evil Diana is giving I mean she really and she's relishing in it and as of right now this moment without actually seeing anything I I'm here for and I'm also here for Sutton having um uh not like an enemy but someone to go off on that's not Erica because that gets so is that I'm now not I'm not remembering is Sutton sort of feeling at odds with Diana she says something to her that's like actually kind of cutting and i absolutely don't remember what it is and then the response is like yeah you're looking i think she said like you have no not maybe you're soulless or something it was something like wild yeah, something crazy deep, yeah where it's like you really fucked with me and i'm gonna hold you account or you fucked with somebody else and it's not okay okay wow I th- my takeaway from the trailer was i it was low impact on sutton yeah i was like sutton is not super in this a lot which i'm okay with yeah, well, let's, well, I'm happy to be surprised. Because Sutton will, Sutton will deliver in the confessionals. and in, yes. Sutton will bring Sutton. I mean, yeah. I think Sutton is, not, right now, in terms of housewives who influence what's going on, she's in the top ten. Like, housewives wide. As of 2021? As a mover and shaker. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
You think you don't you just you 100 percent last season would not have existed without Sutton. I know right. we're all talking about Erica Jane, but it was actually Sutton right. who kept the train on its tracks right. this upcoming season. I'm not quite sure, but I also think she deserves to have a season off where she's not in hot water because I cannot imagine the experience of knowing everyone around you is manipulating a conversation. And yet Tom stole over 100 million dollars from like people in need. And I'm the one mm-hmm. getting in trouble. Like that's right. actually insane. That's right. an unwell moment. I'm nervous about, well, oh, did you hear the drama with Kyle now? Um, so I guess Garcelle was asked, like, are you closer with Kathy than Kathy is to Kyle? And she said, yeah, absolutely. And so Kyle got on social media and was like, that was really fucked up. Like, Kathy is my blood. Like, we've been, we've been, we've been close our entire lives. No, you haven't. We, you haven't well, talked for years. And, but she, it really hurt her. It really hurt her that Garcelle had said that. And I'm sure... Garcelle didn't say it for no reason, and it's not like we didn't see the trailer. You know what I mean? We know that Kyle and Kathy have a moment, have at least a moment. Yeah. So, how much of Kyle saying that was because she was really pissed at Garcelle, and how much of it was she was trying to tell Kathy that she like, I, I still want to have a thing. I guess we'll see, but I will say, like, to see that image of Kathy locked out of a place, and for Erica to be sitting there, like, we know how close Kyle and Erica are. You know what always drives me fucking nuts? Tell me. Is that like the friend of that we don't see anymore is Teddy. And like, you know, she's like bopping and weaving to try to like shake things up too. And I'm like, here's the thing. If this actually is an authentic friend group and Teddy is in it, like, what's the deal? Like, they, she's still filming or whatever. They want, she's Teddy inv- films. Not films isn't a friend of, but I think she's like invited to parties because Kyle is dying to have her back and we can never allow that to happen. We cannot, as a collective, allow Teddy to be back full time. She's not good at this. She is, I'm sorry, I know I probably shouldn't say this, but like unbelievably unlikable. And I'm not, I'm not here for it. I was here for it for a period of time. I'm not here for it anymore. Do you ever I'm all out. I'm all the, out. I, I'm sort of non-committal about it. I'm like, I, I didn't think she was as she's, bad as everyone thought, but I didn't think she was like yeah i don't think any i don't i wasn't standing do you ever listen to tamra and teddy's podcast i've only heard clips okay You've and by heard, heard i've, I've only shade. well i've heard clips I God, don't if anyone ever it. if anyone ever is like do you listen like do you listen to this like and you say well i've heard clips it's like worse than saying no <laughs> i mean i hate i hate that like the things that i've seen on instagram these little like 15 minute vignettes from hell are not bad but i hate for tamra that she's doing this with teddy i don't like the fact that people are pushing teddy on me i'm 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 good My i want tamra back okay. on oc so bad I really do, and and I also I also really liked OC this season, and I Same. thought the, I thought the finale was really good. Like and when they did that number at the end, I thought that was one of the better Housewives songs. And Heather Dubrow was giving vocals; she was after the auto tune when they when they did the clip of the studio. I was like, oh, I thought Heather was going to be better than this, but yeah, when when they I mean, look, the, they they shaped it up in a way that was like <laughs> for sure, yeah. Um, but. You liked that. I was, I felt, I did feel a little bit cringe that we were ending on this moment, but I really I loved enjoyed it. this season. <laughs> I, I loved love it. You. Unabashedly, you're like, this was a cinematic I thought that song was almost as good as Drive Back. Wow. It was Chic Say La Vie level. Can I just sidebar and say shout out to Alexa who refused to play Drive Back? 
love. I tried. They she had one Candace song that she pronounced Candias, and Candias. then and then refused to do. So I had to do Erica Jane for your entrance into the office. <laughs> in the I didn't want to do that. I wanted wait, to do Candace. Ca- I wanted to do Candace as a show of respect to you, so you knew it was a safe space. Don't ha- you don't have to bring any sonic energy in here that you don't have to. I, don't do it for me. I was going to do it for you, and also because I really truly do enjoy that single. It's a really good song. It's a ve- it, I use it, it all the time on Instagram. All it, the time. It is the best housewife song. It is a because it's a real song. Well, that's the thing is that it is a literal real song. No yeah. other song is real. Right. Which I'm sure they would all uh, disagree with you about. I think Melissa would be like, "On Display" is a real song. I can't get and uh, Melissa sang it on because uh, I said "On Display." I was like making light because her podcast name is literally "On Display," and I was like "On Display, On Display," and she responded Wait, by singing it, and I died. Does she have a podcast now? She has a podcast called On Display. Everyone in America has a podcast. It's th- one of the funniest things I've ever seen is watching like Dua Lipa get one, watching like all these housewives get one. Like if you don't have a podcast now, I guess you're nobody. Everyone has one. Everyone thinks it's something that they too can do because it's so easy, right? It's, it's just so like sitting easy. there and talking. It, y'all, not all of you can <laughs> hold the mic and just go. But I also think it's a it's genius. So it is a genius title for her pod. On, on display because i think on display on display each and every day every day every day every day every day every day yeah three three every days it's also so funny to call a podcast on display because when you display something you show it visually <laughs> and a podcast is something you listen to okay i stand it's iconic my favorite <laughs> podcast i'm subscribed i've heard every episode now <laughs> do you remember when danielle south had one but she misspelled i the don't title? <laughs> I, I have to tell you i don't and i'm not surprised to hear that she misspelled the title <laughs> I don't remember what the word was. It was probably her name, but it was not right. It was not right. Okay, wait. Why did we get on this tangent? Matt Rogers, I could talk to you all day, all day, all day each and every Likewise. day, every day, every day. I'm obsessed with you. This is so fun. I'm so happy I got to come to the Clawfist. Yeah, I'm so happy you were here. What I'm, time is it even? I don't know. We've been recording 12. for literal hours. And apologies to Matt Rogers, who's been so respectful. My dress, I'm wearing a wrap dress, and I have literally unwrapped myself as a fun little gift. It's a really cute look. Thank you. It's incredibly inappropriate, but um, I appreciate that I mean, is it Envy by Melissa? It is unfortunately Cezanne. Oh, wow. Well, you I'm know, a little French girl. You know, can I say one more bon thing about... Jour. Can I say one more thing about Melissa? You can say literally everything you've ever so wanted in your something entire Something I said on Watch What Happens Live, because he asked me what I felt about the Ultimate Girls Trip, mm-hmm. and I was like, I love the Ultimate Girls Trip, and my favorite was Melissa, because right. the tr- when, every, when you're a tri-state area gay boy, and you're growing up, you dream of being Melissa Gorga. Melissa Gorga has what I call old aspirational older cousin energy <laughs> like cousin melissa's coming over and she looks so good at, at christmas dinner and like she's like talking about her boyfriend and like you know etc so it's just like for her to call her clothing line envy that was perfect <laughs> that was how you name something on display as a podcast title is funny for ironic reasons right envy there's nothing ironic about that she says she's there four days a week She's I, I need to things. go. I need to go. I wanted her to like send me a candle, but I don't think she makes them. But I want something that says envy by. I want a shopping bag. Do you know maybe. what city it's in? Yes, because her publicist gave me the wrong city, which she corrected during the episode. I was like, fuck me. But well, I her also. Her publicist got a talking to. I did email her publicist and I said it went super well. Except just so you know, the town has adjusted. What town is it in? I don't know. New Jersey. I don't know. Somewheresville. Okay. It moved from what's it called to whatever the fuck. Um, but it's near where she lives now. Well, wasn't she going to open a second location? Um, I don't, it's like envy by Eileen too. Ma- okay. Eileen too. Maybe, maybe the next time I'm in New York, I'll like literally try to figure out going to envy. 
It's like somewhere in. It's probably in nice Jersey, though. I don't and know. not it's to shave so, Jersey. It's over there. It's over there. Yeah. Wow. We've said, guys, trigger warning. And so Brooklyn Melissa humor, is there. Jersey humor. Yeah. She's so, there. Wow. Okay. So probably Jersey fans are going there all the time. She says that they're, so, I mean, this is like not canned, but like people come in and they're surprised that she's there because she's there because she's a small business owner. Yeah. Good I'm for here her. for it. I, I am very, I have, I'm very into Melissa and I'm actually very into her this season. And I'm curious talking about like, you know, Teresa being a little bit of a brick wall. What do you do when you feel like your boundaries are constantly being crossed, but the bar is like to the literal above the universe when it comes to what Melissa should do for Teresa and what Teresa doesn't do for Melissa. I mean, it's insane. Yeah. I mean, it's part of what makes Teresa so unbearable. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and yet also, you know, I don't know. I, I hear it's what, also the storyline. This know is what the I mean? thing is that like I don't disagree with you. I just don't quite literally don't see it. I don't see a universe without her yet, but I also wonder how, God forbid, how she's gonna adjust and change after this Fakakta wedding, which is such a downer to me because even the, I was like reading something the other day and they were talking about the mm. Louis stuff, and a lot of it came out like in a lot of it happened in 2020 which is psychotic to me but i have to say what is what is capital t capital l capital s the louis stuff abuse allegations um uh, emotional the, abuse uh, well i think the video was like the what the fuck is he doing why is he behaving in this way and then there are allegations of emotional abuse manipulation i don't know about any allegations relating to because i don't know a lot of it but like love bombing manipulative things he would have girlfriends on a schedule of like when to have sex with them and would Mm. get really upset don't love that no i think there's like a weird uh, control yeah i think it's i think that's the perfect way of summarizing it and that is what the discussion is about is online and yet at the end of the day it's like Teresa now has every warning sign which she's taking as a personal attack Mm -hmm. and at the end of the day she is making the choice to stay in this relationship it's a lot of what Dolores has said that I think is very smart in the sense of understanding who Teresa is and no one is going to get in the way of her happy ending including the man she's going to marry so it's happening we just need to understand it now this has evolved into a Teresa v Marge you're a terrible person narrative when at the end of the day she's getting married so she can do love 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 and I don't know what the fuck is going to happen when she has the ring on her finger maybe she can move on or maybe she can be like I won god this is really why we have to tackle the number one plague in our country which is digmatization <laughs> I mean when you are digmatized you I are know. truly cross-eyed it's and terrible there are so many millions of Americans who are digmatized I mean, today raise his hand. I mean like if you are digmatized please call the hotline just get help regardless of even if it's good you can get out bad it's still bad for your soul and your she's spirit she's so digmatized she because i mean even every, it's like a common knowledge amongst their friend group that they fuck constantly all the time oh yeah she's she's well taken care of in that and i'm like well that i guess can be especially for someone who didn't sleep with anyone for a really long time and probably i don't i would don't imagine that joe judice was like popping it off i don't know i feel like he maybe no okay i don't know and, sh- and also, we also know that, that- Teresa is so f- sexually frustrated because she wants to fuck her brother so badly. <laughs> oh, my God. We're not ending on that note. Matt Rogers, say something else. <laughs> <laughs>
puts the microphone on the carpet. Oh my God. I'm so into this. Matt Rogers, are we literally, we are going to end on that note because I need to like, we haven't even really talked about Orange County. Aside from what is Tamara, there to say about it? You want Tamara back. And yeah, just because I think it'll be fun. And justice for Shannon, by the way. My poor Shannon. Shannon is not going anywhere. I don't worry. I'm not concerned about her um, job prospects future. I'm concerned about the fact that they, I, I, this is going to sound like whiny Teddy style of me, but like they're being mean to her at they this are. point and there's no reason for it. And Gina needs to work through her anger about what happened to her and the ways that she didn't feel support because you look at the ways that her parents thanked Shannon and it's like, sweetie, someone should give you a heads up. This is not texting her twice. Does not a good friend from your side be? I think that Gina is a person who actually is a very proud person. I think that she's very sad about what happened to her as she should be. And it was incredibly difficult. And my heart goes out to her. Mm -hmm. But I think that unfortunately she wants to feel like she doesn't need help going forward. And so the fact that she's gotten help recently, she doesn't want to live in a reality where that is a narrative for her. Mm. And she's lashing out at Shannon and sort of projecting, um, jealousy and um mm-hmm. you know frustration fr- on to shannon when really that's not there and i also think that gina you know she was also drunk a lot when she was saying these things like she wasn't she wasn't drunk in that store when she was like i don't even know if i want to be friends with you she was stone cold sober i think she was she was performing i don't think she wasn't i think she i don't know that she knows how she really feels but i think she feels like she's supposed to feel mad i think she does have real anger but with shannon i think she feels like she's supposed to feel mad she she's she is mad at shannon she just doesn't know that it's for reasons that have to do with her one thousand percent it's like absolutely it's like shannon hasn't done anything to hurt her and also it's like when shannon is, is having her party with the girls and called Heather and Gina and said, we have to be having more fun with them. Let's call them. That wasn't real. That was just a thing you say. Like she, Shannon was just having fun. Right. So they were having a great time at that party when they right. jumped in the pool. Like it was, it was, they were both having fun. Both camps were having fun. Shannon saying that and calling and just to check in on them was not to like, belittle them or demean them in any way but like the way that got filtered by gina so obviously the call was coming from inside the house and i love gina i really do but her her thing with shannon shannon is not malicious she's neurotic and you know you know that yeah and sometimes paranoid but also like she's had reason to be paranoid she's been on the real house of orange county for a long time now yeah and these women have been all different levels of crazy. Honestly, it makes me so nervous for the reunion because it's everyone against Shan, which is so sad to me. It's, is that what's happening? Yeah. Heather doesn't even... I don't even know that Heather's involved and Noelle is just trying to survive it. Was there a trailer for the reunion? Yeah. Oh, I didn't see it. And I've heard something. I was oh, talking yeah. about offline. Yeah, it's not great. Okay, let's end on final yeah. thoughts on Noella. <laughs> um, Need her to have a second season. That's all I care about. I actually don't even care. I don't even care. And I mean that with the most respect and love. And like, it's a little bit of a circus moment and it's all, none of it is real. And the divorce, we never knew the real story there. Yeah. Or really with well, anything else. We didn't else. know her. We never knew her, but we were expected. And the screaming by the lake moment. The screaming was by the, the lake was Shakespearean. Thing. It was the craziest thing I've ever, she literally said, I have an idea. Come with me, but like pan the camera in interesting and in new ways that will 
have absolutely no relation to anything else for the rest of the episode. I say more. Second season for yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't And I'm even sure she got one. And Dr. Jen obviously wasn't there for her first, so how could we give her another? <sighs> Dr. Jen. The parroting. Dr. Jen, here's the thing. When you decide to go on Housewives and yeah. you have a husband that doesn't want that, you have to like deal with the consequences. And I think it was so sad to watch because this man so obviously yeah. despises the fact that they're on television. He hates it so much, but he's doing it. And then she has the gall to be like, you're not being good on camera enough for me, essentially. You're not engaging me enough on camera, despite the fact that like he's so uncomfortable. It's like, babe, you're going to reap what you sow. Yeah. She's not coming back. I don't know. I would rather see someone more fun. I'm just really nervous about the Tamara thing because there's so many people against Shannon. I would need in some way, and I don't think Tamara's going to fuck with Heather. She would ruin Shannon. She goes so hard and so deep and sometimes very dark, very manipulative, and she knows what buttons to press. I am nervous for my dear sweet Shan. And I don't know that it's going to happen this coming season. I don't know. Because we're already getting her on girls trip. Right. In June-ish. I feel like this girls trip... Who do you think this girl's trip is an audition for? And who do you think is just there? Um, I think Taylor's just there. I think Brandy, regardless of what she thinks, is just there. Vicky, God bless, is just there. Eva's just there. I forgot about Eva, which isn't a great indicator. Um, Phaedra, maybe audition, possibly audition. Tamara, audition. Dorinda, audition. Yeah. Thoughts? Agree. Right? Like Taylor? Is there one more? I no. don't know. No. If, if there is... a. Then it's not an they're, audition. They're barely, they're not even technically there there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Matt Rogers, you're a Showtime television star. I just watched things things that I watched before recording. Watch the trailer again. You have so many breakout moments in the fucking It's going to be really good. Actually, so this is something that's interesting. They played it on Showtime last night after the First Lady. They actually <gasps> they, they did a surprise like thing where they showed the first episode for people that happened to be watching Showtime. Fuck. And you can't, you can't, it's See not it on, online. You cannot. It was just for people that were watching Showtime. So I did watch it. <gasps> it looks great. I actually watched it at 10 and then I watched my own Watch What Happens Live at 1030 <laughs> after everyone else. Wow. Because I was really more excited about like I'm here talking about housewives but I am an actor and like that's really what I do and what I care about yeah um so it's called I love that for you Mm. it's on showtime it starts streaming on April 29th and it airs on Sunday nights Mm. um at 8 30 starting May 1st Mm -hmm. and it's gonna be out all through May and June and it's essentially like the devil wears Prada but set at the home shopping network um, and With a I little get, bit of I fake get, leukemia in the mix. A little bit of that. Um, but Vanessa Bayer really did have leukemia right. as a child. And so this is based on her own experiences, um, getting through that and eventually succeeding professionally, mm-hmm. et cetera. Um, and the struggles that came with that sort of being mm-hmm. a thing that you have to overcome with the people around you, like the stigma of being a survivor. Mm. Like, yes, you are a survivor, but also like there's that thing of people feeling like they need to check in on you and, you know, wanting to spread your wings, but always having been coddled. Mm. Um, So it's really funny and sweet and a little dark. Mm -hmm. And it's got Molly Shannon, Mm. Jennifer Lewis, Mm. just amazing cast. People that love housewives and love bitch sesh might know Paul James. Mm. He's on the show. Um, Poonam Patel, Aiden Mayeri, myself. Mm. It's just a really good cast. And Michael Showalter directed the first two episodes. Oh my God. Comedy legend. It's just truly a legend. I mean, it's so amazing to work with him. And so that's coming out like really soon. And it's, I get to be like the Emily Blunt of this Devil Wears Prada world, which is really a dream. 
for any like aspiring Melissa Gorga out there, it's sort of the dream <laughs> to be li- to be Emily Blunt in Devil Wears Prada. So wow, and you're in Fire Island. Yeah, really excited for that. Can you tell the the folks at home a little so bit about it? It's an adaptation of Pride and Prejudice that mm-hmm. takes place in the Pines, mm-hmm. the Fire Island Pines, which is sort of like for people out there who don't know, it's sort of like a queer destination since the 1970s. Mecca. Like it's like a mecca. It's like a summer vacation haven where you know. Um, you know, there's like Cherry Grove, which is a lot of like queer people and the Pines is a lot of sort of partying gay men. Mm. Um, and so it's an adaptation, a very good adaptation written by Joel Kim Booster. So amazing. And starring Joel Kim Booster and Bowen Yang, Margaret Cho, myself, Conrad Ricamora from How to Get Away with Murder, James Scully from You, an amazing cast. Oh and it's really, really I've seen it and I'm so proud of it. The music is great. It, the island looks beautiful and it's a really good faithful adaptation of Pride and Prejudice. I'm describing it as like equal parts slutty and soulful. <laughs> I think people are going to be really surprised by it. That is an excellent summary yeah. of a movie that I'm incredibly excited to look forward to. June and also, 3rd on Hulu. June 3rd on Hulu. Hulu will be there June 2nd waiting in line. And also... <laughs> The way that you've talked about Fire Island on Las Culturistas with Bowen, we're you guys, so there was like an episode where he was really emotional and mm-hmm. you guys were unpacking vulnerability and like, am I good enough stuff? And it was incredibly powerful. So I highly encourage everyone to watch the day that it comes out, guys. Please, on, on, on different televisions. It's like yeah, that meme time. of Brandy being like, we need the audience to buy the album. It's like, <laughs> people are like, we're all going to watch it as a huge group. I'm like, no, no, no. We need you all to stream it on different TVs. Like, you know, I'm just saying, like, I'm so, I could be more excited. And it, it was vulnerable and it was, hmm. because it actually, it was pretty meta. I mean, I did it with my best friends and <sighs> some new people that became really close to um, on Fire Island where we actually had been like weeks prior. Oh my God. You know what I mean? So it was like, it really asked us to explore a lot about, you know, you'll see. Yeah. But um, Friday, June 3rd on Hulu, you can stream it on Hulu and you're going to be happy because there's a lot of gay men in it and you don't have to go to a theater. Oh my God. So you can fap at home. (laughs) You're welcome. Um, And speaking of all things fabulous, Last Culture says it's my number one podcast to listen to. Thank you so much. My number one. That means the world coming from you. I love this podcast too. We're about to celebrate our 300th episode. Oh my God. Mazel tov. On May 4th, we're doing um, a special episode, The Great Global Songbook. Right. Um, so we're going to announce the 300 <laughs> songs in The Great Global Songbook. Bowen and I have the best time doing it. And yeah, it's crazy that it's been like over six years. I know. It's just crazy. But, you know, we started like literally with a mattress in someone's window just to keep the sound out. And now it's like Will Ferrell produces it. And we get Michelle Yeoh was on it last week and Garcelle and Maren Morris is coming on next week. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, it's just amazing. It's, it's, it's really been so great and you know, I'm so proud of it and it's just all good things. It's all good. Well, you deserve it. And I love your voice and literally everything. I also want to tell you, I I texted you about it, but while you were complimenting an episode of ours, I really loved that Crystal Kung Mink off Mm. episode. And it was a really amazing glimpse in, and I loved the Rob cameo (laughs) and just to hear how involved he was in little mermaid and how involved he was with obviously the lion King, but Mm -hmm. just like, you know, that was really new information for a lot of people who are really invested and interested in that. And as a Disney fan, which by the way, Andy called me a Disney super fan on Watch What Happens Live, and I literally go, okay, drag me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it was really, really great, and uh, such a great – that's such a mark of a great interviewer that you were able to get her to open up so easily and um, 
so and then so completely and so um effectively in terms of having an evocative experience as a listener of it. Like I felt like I knew more and was better as a result of listening to it. So that was great. Well, that means a lot coming from you and you gave it a shout out on Las Culturesas and I've never received so many DMs and messages from people being like, you were just mentioned, you were, because you know, it's my number, it is my ride or die Well, one of these, we're we're like, it's gotten to the point now where it's like, they're pitching us like Michelle Yeoh and Marin Morris and Garcelle, but like one of these days we'll get you in and we'll have a really fun episode. I love it. But like right now it's like, it's getting to the point where it's just like, what is this anymore? You know what? In between Beyonce and Michelle Obama, <laughs> schedule me in. I would totally be there. And then- Yeah, Beyonce's coming on to finally tell all about the elevator. <laughs> You're trying to make... Oh my God. Yeah, she's going to tell us. Like- she's going to be like, I don't think so, honey. What happened in the elevator? And we're going to find out. I would love it. And you're coming back in person the next time you're doing Absolutely. Press, you're well, I bet I'll be back in June to do press for Fire Island. Great. So. You'll be here. You'll yeah. be in the cloth. You'll love see it. something hanging. And then we, oh my God, right? And then we'll have Atlanta and Beverly Hills on at the same time. It's going to be. I, I, it's like one of those things I get nervous when I'm really excited. Like I'll have like a tummy ache if I'm like, and I, I am like nervous about Beverly Hills because I'm so excited. It's going to be so, and also it, it's, we just watched last season. Last season just happened a week and a half ago. We already have this one. I cannot wait. Yeah. I, I really feel wait. like, I feel like I was just watching, like, I feel like I was just like Googling like footage from them shooting the first episode of season what is this 12 i don't know 76 whatever well there will never be enough tell the ags how to follow you online all that good stuff you can follow me at matt rogers though tho um which andy loved he was like matt rogers though every time he asked me a question and i was which was a little flirty i felt i actually his vibe with you there was like a little bit of a meet cute did you give him your number he has my number No, he actually, he actually, no, no, no. He actually doesn't have my number. He doesn't have my number. We DM. He's gonna get it soon. No, no, no. It's not like that. I, th- I honestly don't think it's like that. And I know he's always You're, real. You flirty have like with a little guys. bit of a glow when you're saying. I don't that. think it's like that. I think, I think, I think that he, I think he recognizes something in me. I think he see. I think he, oh. I think he appreciates me. Also, you were such a phenomenal guest for so many reasons, but you can tell when someone loves. Bravo loves the world and knows how to talk about it. I was excited to be there. I mean, like, and I, I don't take it for granted because I really, I mean, I watch it every night when someone goes up there and they just don't, I'm like, mm. you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. I, I think it's really fun. And, you know, I sometimes think it's goofy to talk about these women like they're fallen characters when they are real, but also we all sign up for it. It's right. our fun little world where we talk shit and gossip. And I think it's also kind of fun because I think it's indicative of the fact that like a lot of us don't have like gossipy, like mm. backstabby lives in real life. Mm-hmm. And so we're watching soaps and you're supposed to have takes on soaps. Well, yeah. And there's also a lot of value in kinds of conversations, regardless of what the, the status that another person is applying to it or that maybe parts of you are applying to it yourself. Like right. there are good, important, meaningful convos that can come of this. And yeah. that's what AG and Last Culture, I think, in many ways is all about. Totally. I mean, like it's real stuff. It is real stuff. Um, guys, speaking of real stuff, give me your money at the Andy Scrolls Patreon. Patreon.com slash Andy Scrolls. Exclusive bonus episodes, links to things. Links isn't the word I meant to use in this context. Invites <laughs> to special events and more. Patreon.com slash Andy Scrolls. Follow me on social to see this week a little something that's going up in the cloth that I'm Ooh, so excited about. I know it. Uh, you know it. And it's going to be amazing at Dame Galley and Matt Rogers, though. Oh, my <laughs> God. I'm obsessed with you. This is so fun. Apologies Yet again. on behalf of my tits. This is my third time. 
Um, yes. Love that. We should do like a little, like an SNL five for your fit. I'm making you come back tomorrow. And what will you get me? Will you let me have one of these garments hanging in the clothes? Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> give you um, a Manolo. She says we're ranking. gonna get to five because four is gonna come five. in June, and yes. then five will... July one. <laughs> Exactly. Is exactly. what's going to happen. Guys, I hope you're doing all okay and whatever, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.